0: Welcome to Peace Teachings Podcast, where we explore, cultivate, and celebrate our spiritual nature together. I'm Jennifer Norton.
1: And I'm Paola Castro, and it is our joy to bring to you this wisdom teachings. Have you ever sat with someone that can listen to you so deeply that you feel so loved, seen, and heard? And not only that, but when they reply to you and they have something to say back to you, it is meaningful. And it comes with a very loving consciousness. I don't know about you, but this type of uh, souls and beings, um, we don't often find them in this world. And when you do find them, it is a luxury. It is a luxury. It is something that you can take for granted, and I am grateful for our guest today because she is everything that I just described and so much more. She's our peace teaching co-host, Jennifer Norton. She's a beautiful licensed spiritual practitioner, a breath work specialist, a certified mindfulness mentor, a meditation guide a public speaker and a life coach and I'm going to add and she is my good friend, my good sister. <laughs> she is as I read in her website a soul speaker and for me that describes Jen so well. She's someone that speaks from her soul, her cadence, her eloquence and her bright consciousness are only a few of many favorite things about this lovely being. Welcome, Jen. I'm so honored to interview you today.
0: Oh, thank you, Paola. I I am so grateful for you. I love you. And I'm excited about this conversation, as I am about every time I interact with you and I spend time with you and communicate with you. I love you. Thank you.
1: Oh, thank you. Thank you for saying yes. And today we're excited because Jen is going to talk to us to what's probably the most potent spiritual practice there is. I mean, I, I, I've learned from you know many teachers, many tools, and this time and time again continues to be. Uh, at the forefront of many teachers' consciousness and my consciousness. And this is the topic of meditation. So when we were discussing before, you know, what would she love to talk about? She said, uh, I love to talk about my relationship to meditation. I got so excited. So let's begin with that, shall we?
0: Yes, thank you.
1: Yeah, what, what is meditation for you and how did it come into your life?
0: Oh, beautiful question. Ah, meditation is many things. Um, it is the peace within each one of us seeking expression. It is the eternal absolute truth of our essence. It is a space to remember and to listen. You know, it's said that prayer is when we speak to spirit, the intelligence, the 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 great spirit of this universe, and meditation is when we listen. And I agree with that. Um, it's a listening to the Godhead or the God self. Um, it's a self-love practice,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and it's an opportunity to heal what is already whole and complete. And so it's an act of awareness, although it is done in stillness and often in silence, not always in stillness, there are other forms of meditation that are also physical, but there's a a mental stillness that organically occurs in meditation that allows us to, to listen and receive something beyond the daily, something beyond the intellectual, Um, something intuitive and something that is organic and natural to our essence as spiritual beings. Mm. And you, you asked, how did I get into meditation or or how did it come? Yeah. How
1: did it find you? When did you learn about it?
0: Paula, I believe that we all have the skill for self-soothing and, and that is a cousin, if not a sister to meditation in that, even as infants and toddlers and and smaller humans, <laughs> uh, we we find ways to comfort ourselves that are often um, nonverbal. Although chanting is a form of meditation, um, and so I think we all have access to meditative practice again naturally and organically. Um, it's, it's innate in all of us. As far as I'm concerned, uh, my first meditations took place in water. My parents intuitively figured out or knew that um, because I was a highly sensitive being, I am a highly sensitive being, um, water was a way to help ground me. And so my father in particular, who was getting his doctorate in child psychology when I was adopted and, and brought into my family, um, he, he figured out pretty young that putting me in a, in a warm bath grounded me. Mm. And so I'm gonna say it, it's thanks to my dad that wow. I discovered meditation. And then it it recurred in my life as I went through adolescence and, and the turmoil and the trials of, of growing into what we call adulthood, right? Uh, so-called. Um, meditation would reoccur in uh, activities that I'd be going through. For example, as a fine artist or as a theater artist, meditation and mindfulness would come back into my life. Um, hypnotism or, um, you know, Uh, mindfulness it it would just keep reoccurring and coming back and so um, when did I actually begin to study meditation I was probably in my early 20s the first time I took a meditation class I was probably 20 still in university and began to uh, explore group activities because I wanted to make friends and and things like that and so I looked into a meditation class and I found it really difficult
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, I found it really challenging and, uh, and so backed away from it for a while and then got into it again in my late 20s, about 27, 28, as if age has any bearing. But anyway, in a, linical, in a linear um, fashion, I can say in my late 20s, I really became very interested in it. And it became a tool that I brought with me and let go and return to, and let go and return to. It wasn't a constant until about a decade ago, I was given a a magnificent diagnosis. And I'm gonna, I just refer to it as magnificent because it invited a level of self-care into Mm -hmm. my life that was necessary. And Mm -hmm. so with that diagnosis, I was asked to do a series of medical exams for a long period and, I had anxiety about hospitals. I had a great deal of fear all my life as a highly sensitive person. I would faint and vomit anytime I was near a hospital, even if I wasn't the one in need of, of care, I would, you know, accompany my mother or family members. And then I would just fall out, Paula, wow. fall out. So there was an anxiety in my being around, um, the smell of hospitals and the whole environment. I just had really a high fear And so when this diagnosis came and this invitation for all these tests, I thought, Oh, how am I going to do this? Really? I thought I can't. And I knew I had to, Mm -hmm. I had to, I needed answers in the physical around what was going on. Yes. And so uh, I turned to meditation then and really nurtured my practice. Mm. And it has been a blessing truly.
1: Wow, that's amazing. Well, I acknowledge you for uh, going into that route instead of going into, you know, what some people would do. we like, there's something wrong with me. Let me go to the psychiatrist and let me medicate myself, which I'm not saying is always a bad thing because sometimes we do need that support uh, if there's an imbalance in the brain or there is a, you know, a peak situation. Um, and to, to, to have that wisdom in you in such a young age, what a beautiful thing is that you gravitated towards that. That's, that's amazing. Yes. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, when, when this happened and you said 10 years ago.
0: Yeah. About that. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That You went back to it. And so you mentioned mindfulness and when I, we were reading your uh, biography, you You also, so we were talking about mindfulness and meditation. So you're a certified mindfulness mentor and a meditation guide. Is there a difference between those two?
0: Yes, there is. It's subtle and they certainly are uh, friends. They're very compatible. Mindfulness is more of a doing. Meditation is more of a being, a state Mm. of being. Mm. If we are mindful, we can be mindful, right now I'm being mindful, for example, our listeners are being mindful, you are being very mindful. What is mindfulness? It's a, it's a presence and an awareness, and it's something we do. Um, I'm mindful of my words now, because it's so important for me to communicate clearly with you. That is mindfulness. Um, I can be also in a state of meditation, in a meditative state of being, while being mindful, Meditation comes with more silence. Mm. Now, as a meditation guide, it it depends on the level of experience of the individuals that I'm guiding, because there are there are occasions when there is not much silence in my guiding of meditation. Mm -hmm. It, It would depend on the individual or the group that I'm guiding.
1: About it mm-hmm. um,
0: so we can be mindful while we're walking we can be mindful while we're making dinner we can be mindful as we're enjoying our dinner and chewing our food and and mm-hmm. you know m- mindfulness both are practices
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh, I see one more as a doing and one more as a as a being
1: I love that I love that simple explanation yeah mm-hmm. and it's and it's all about being present when I'm being mindful and being present in the moment and, and it's almost like there's a choosing. What am I choosing to do instead of just reacting to life and kind of being in a thousand places at the same time? Bravo. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, that's it. Because if I'm mindful, then I also am aware when my mind leaves the present moment that you're so beautifully describing. Yeah. And it tends to. The mind tends to be much more comfortable in some future story or some past story or some story about me or story about the other. And so it finds comfort in not being present and still in this great unknown, which is now, Mm -hmm. which is full of infinite potential. And Mm -hmm. that can be sometimes rather startling Mm -hmm. and sometimes terrifying for the protective personality.
1: Yes. And
0: that's okay. I'm practicing non-judgment also in mindfulness. When Mm. I find myself leaving the present moment, my mind leaves the present moment, the last thing that we want to do is judge ourselves. When we recognize it, we don't go, oh, you know, there I go doing it again. That's a form of judgment. So we gently are aware. So I would say also mindfulness is an awareness as you're you're describing, being aware non-judgmentally. And inviting through that awareness a, a gentle returning, compassionate returning to this at this untamed now, this unknown, yes, infinite field of possibility.
1: Yes. And so can you take us back? So ten years ago, you you were you were um invited by the universe to go through a lesson <laughs> let's put it that way and so you're like I, I want to really take on meditation how did that support that process of going through that diagnosis and visiting hospital um, what's the testimony behind meditation going through that intense moment of your life
0: well for from my little perspective I can say that I was able to do a ton of blood work and, and other types of exams that um, that definitely in my younger life would have brought on me leaving consciousness, me going unconscious. Yes. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I just had this gift of leaving consciousness. For me, being, being here is an acquired practice. It's Mm. not something that I, as a young, as a youngster, as a, or as, as an adolescent, I wasn't really happy to be alive. I didn't want to be in human form. Mm. And so I had this innate ability to, to lose consciousness, to pass out. Wow. And so, um, and so again, from my perspective during the diagnosis period, uh, it allowed me to face things that a part of me would have chosen prior to my meditation practice becoming very serious and very important to me would have chosen to just leave my -hmm. body would remain but but i would i would lose consciousness as we say i would faint simply put yeah now during that period i did not i never once backed away in consciousness from Mm -hmm. what was before me and i felt all the fear and, Mm -hmm. and all of the things that are even ineffable and unnameable that 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 came from my birth mm. that came from the first hours and the first days of me coming to form into form as Jennifer Norton, which was a, for lack of a better word, a traumatic experience. Yeah. And so I got to, as me mm-hmm. 10 years ago, be with that mm. terrified infant. Yes. And stay, stay mm. in love and be able to tell myself, I'm here now. Or to let my my spiritual essence or my soul say to my human, I got you, yeah, and you're safe and it's okay. So from my little perspective, I can say I can testify to that and say I absolutely went through things that would have terrified me, a younger version of me, with great courage, tranquility, and calmness. Yeah, as far as a measurable testimony goes, m- one of the many exams that I that I experienced were um, brain exams. Mm-hmm and being put in a machine that you know it, it takes photographs and examines the brain and and you know uh which are very long exams and which are extremely claustrophobic or can be yeah um and so getting those results back and having medical experts testify to me about the excellence of the brain that's in my skull i know i know that i've i have at least three brains in my body there's the, mm-hmm. the neurological center that is the heart a mm-hmm. brain by the mm-hmm. way that we measure and call a brain and the mm-hmm. neurological center that's in my gut a brain or mm-hmm. you know these mm-hmm. so there are those three in the body that that science recognizes mm-hmm. however my the brain in my skull was being examined mm-hmm. to look for um um aneurysms and tumors Mm-hmm. And so as that, as those photographs and that, those image that imagery came through to medical professionals to have them communicate to me from their perspective, what's going on in my mind. You see, I knew I was in meditation. I knew that I was in profound meditation mm-hmm. during those exams, but they didn't. Oh, and wow. so their, their testimonies and their uh, medical explanations about what they saw as my brain was a great revelation for me. Um, I knew what was going on, but to have yes. them say, My god, what a brain you have!
1: Mm. and they're talking
0: about what they can measure and what they mm. can observe from their yes. vocabulary and their perspective. So, um,
1: I love that. Thank you for sharing that testimony with us. And, and uh, a couple of minutes ago, you were mentioning how because of fear, you will check out in consciousness, right? <laughs> yes, and and so you know where that came from and you know what your coping was yes. and for our listeners um and and for myself i know we all do this and in, in some way or another you know some people would say okay i'm feeling all this fear either i'm going to fight Light, freeze or frown, and sometimes that comes in the form of addiction, sometimes that comes in the form of uh, workaholism, sometimes that comes in the form of um, I'm just going to be in full avoidance. I mean, we all have our ways because it doesn't feel safe to be here. So what I heard is that you taught yourself through meditation or maybe it's not a teaching is that you felt your cosmic being, your, your spiritual being coming and soothing the human self to be like, it's okay to be in the body. It's okay to be present for this lesson. It's almost like a grounding experience.
0: Oh, that's so beautiful, how you describe it, Paola. Yes, yes, you're putting words to something that at times I find ineffable, mm-hmm. Yes, yes, that's what it was mm-hmm. and and being empathic was very confusing for me as well because I have the capacity to take on the frequency of whatever is going on in the life forms around me. Now if I'm in the ocean or I'm walking through the forest, then that is a magnificent empathic experience. if I'm in front of someone who is in great suffering, then uh, what I what I had to learn is how not to take on the frequency of those around me. It makes me a soul speaker it makes it, it's a beautiful gift and it also, uh, used to cause me to fall out again, to faint. Wow. You know, so I had to learn, I had to learn how to be in a compassionate state and be with others who are in psychological, emotional, spiritual, physical pain and not take it on physically.
1: Mm. Mm.
0: And, and again, I, I, I don't like the word I had to, I got to, I, yeah. these are all just such beautiful gifts.
1: Yes. Yes. Thank you for speaking into that, because I believe myself to be a very, very sensitive being, very empathic. Um, I
0: agree.
1: My coping mechanism has been different and still coping with like, oh, I feel everything that everyone is feeling. So how med- How does meditation help an empath to create those energetic boundaries Um, I don't know if that's um, like a clear question, but how have you noticed that meditation has supported you in this journey being a highly sensitive being? And I think you already answered a bit of it, but, you know, if you can expand on that.
0: You know, I love the way you phrased the question because it allowed me to not let my intellect, which like yours is highly developed, answer you. So as you were speaking, I did what 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 I know you know how to do too, and I've seen you do it, is I, I dropped into my heart. And meditation is a wonderful modality to reinforce that capacity to drop into loving-kindness, which is yeah. infinite. It's infinite. And in, in in compassion, which is said to reside in the seat of the soul, in the heart center, we can be compassionate with ourselves first and foremost, so that when we notice the empathy kicking in and the nervous system freaking out yeah. and taking on what is happening, because the, even the eyes might not be seeing it. It's not, it's not part of the five senses necessarily. It's something beyond that. and And so the intellect will try to explain it through something sensual or something mental. And that might not actually be possible when we're having an empathic reaction or response. In other words, we're becoming the thing that is happening energetically around us. Mm-hmm. It happens instantaneously. Yes. Mm-hmm. And empaths don't realize that we have a choice because it happens naturally. We, we like an infant, we don't know the difference between us and them.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: There's no clear differentiation. And speaking spiritual truth, we are all one. Yes. We are all connected in this divine, beautiful matrix energetically. And that's true. And how am I, as an individual representation of this infinite and measurable intelligence, how am I able to show up in a way that, that doesn't harm me? Because mm-hmm. being empathic can be extremely painful.
1: Yes. Mm-hmm.
0: To take on the sorrow and the suffering of the human condition is impossible.
1: Mm-hmm. It's too much. Mm-hmm.
0: Especially as children and young adults, it can, it can invite the the thought of I don't belong here
1: yes. and I don't
0: want to be here. Mm-hmm. And so I, I definitely experienced that. Uh, and, and so how can meditation, how can the empath benefit from meditation by but through the practice of dropping into the heart, which is where this great nurturer can reside. And that magnificent, powerful presence that is in each one of us is the response. Mm. In nurturing loving kindness and, be, and in nurturing compassion first for ourselves, mm-hmm. which feels anti, anti-intuitive for an empath. Mm-hmm. First for the oneself. And for all those around us, through meditation, we we expand our our availability and our ability to be present in a way that we are called, truly called to be as empaths, as highly sensitive individuals. We are here in service. Yes. It's just figuring out how to do that and not, for lack of a better word, expire.
1: Right. I love that. Yes. Yes. Yes, and you're speaking also into the quality of intuition. So as you drop into your heart, mm. you can tap into your intuition, that inner knowing of what's not yours. It's okay to let it go, not to take it in. Still be, like you said, kind and compassionate, uh, but not... And sometimes because if we're not in our hearts, we may believe it's it's ours. It's it's mine. I did this to me, and I don't know, maybe I'm crazy. Um, but yet yeah, to have that discernment, what's mine and what ha- I have taken because I'm highly sensitive being. So I, I love this conversation because we're like tapping into the benefits of meditation. It's not just to look spiritual, which a lot of people say, well, that's a spiritual thing to do. No, no, no. This is how we get to stay healthy as we get to have a thriving life.
0: Yes, this is the art of living, If I yes. if I could be so bold as to say it. Yes, being sensitive to others, which which we all have access to, we may not be aware of it, feels like being in the high seas Mm -hmm. without a raft, without a Mm -hmm. boat, without Mm -hmm. anything. It's just being pushed around. And you see that so much in our species that Mm -hmm. that, you know, I hear so many clients and 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 students saying, you know, I'm in a bad mood because this person did this. And that is a hint of empathy. And mm-hmm. it's also very much describing oneself as a turtle on one's back who just mm-hmm. can't get up because of what's going on around us. And mm-hmm. that is very disempowering. Yes. And, and unfair. It's unfair mm-hmm. to, to ourselves and to, and, and to all of this beautiful life that, that surrounds us.
1: Yes, oh, that's a great analogy of being in the middle of the ocean without a raft, without a boat, just being like, oh, and you know, the ocean, the great um, analogy for the big emotions, right? The water, the watery feelings. Um, I love that. So, okay, now people that are listening might say, well, that sounds so good. But when I sit to meditate, I just can't. My mind doesn't stop. That just doesn't work for me. That's for some people. And it's, there's almost like, um, that. you know, some people may say that's not for me. It would be great if it was for me, but it's not for me. Yet, if we were to include it in our lives, we would benefit so much from it. So what would you say to someone that has that argument that's just not for me?
0: this is something that is said to me often and um it's not said by clients or students because they've already agreed to allow meditation into their life mm. through interacting with me it is said most by um friends mm. who see that i'm offering a course or that or they see my services and they reach out to me so that's definitely a a, a call for, hey, 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 pay attention, I have a need, and I'm not listening to it, so, Jen, listen to my protective personality tell you why I can't feel whole. Mm-hmm. And so, with great loving compassion, I will I will never try to convince anyone who's taking a stand around all the things that they can't do. I, I listen, and I love them, understanding that if they're building a fort around their and and it's and it's ego. It's the protective personality asking me, will you still love me, even if I don't do this thing? Mm. And so my response there is I absolutely love you. And when you're ready, mm-hmm. I always say that, Paula, I say that mm. I say whenever you're ready, whenever you're ready, just know that I'm here. And this is part of one of the things that I am here for. Mm-hmm. I'm here to be this. I am this. And I appreciate your recognition of me as this doesn't mean yeah. you have to participate. Now, once we're in a in a uh, client session or in a course with me, and the topic of meditation comes up, and there may still be that hesitation or that concern that you mentioned, still the person is showing up and they're willing. And mm-hmm. in that type of conversation, then uh, what I what I can do, truthfully, technically, coming from the fine arts and 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 being a teacher for a, a more than almost two decades now. And also being a creative being, I understand that criticism is the death of creativity. Mm-hmm. And so the last thing I'm going to do to someone who's expressing fear around what is inevitably a, an act of creation, I, I I bring no criticism, and instead I bring modalities. This is what mm-hmm. I learned in the fine arts. This is how we 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 learn. We 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 mimic the masters. Mm-hmm. We we look at those who who are able to do something and you know i live in florence and so you can go through all these beautiful museums and what do you see you see art students there copying for lack of a better word copying the masters the what what we call masterpieces well you are a masterpiece i am a masterpiece all of life is a masterpiece and there are individuals who may have information that that we don't necessarily have yet and so we go to our peace teachers we go to our mentors and our guides and and we ask for their understanding of this beautiful life, their their understanding of life artistry to be convey, conveyed to us. And so that's what I'm available for. And so I would say to an individual who is asking me for help in that area, I would say, well, you do have the skills for this, and I would be happy to share with you some modalities. So this way the intellect calms down, because when we speak of technique and modalities, that's not abstract.
1: mm mm-hmm, mm-hmm
0: right and so Mm -hmm. the part that's defending goes oh okay so i get i get to say to an individual or to a group we're going to engage the part the mind wants its part too and it has every reason to you you have an intellect for a reason you also have a beautiful protective personality for a reason these things are your friends but they're not the boss of you and they're not the whole of you they're tools
1: Right. Yeah.
0: And so let's use those tools. And again, I'm using technical uh, uh, jargon. We, we're doing modalities. We're doing techniques. We're using tools. These are things that the intellect loves to grab grab onto, because in some way they're material. A right. Technique, I can right, touch is,
1: it. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Exactly. And so that part that is frightened has something to be occupied with. Mm, Wonderful. So we, right, we honor and we love all parts of ourselves.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And in in allowing those parts that might be frightened or might need something solid to hold on to, because we're, we're going into the unknown with meditation, mm-hmm. we're going into that great vast field that the protective personality would love to avoid. Yeah. So we we communicate with that part of ourselves and we give it tools, so that other parts of ourselves. Are allowed to flourish and be nurtured and nourished in our meditation practice and often Paula if I'm with beginners there's not a lot of silence
1: mm-hmm.
0: I allow my voice and my abilities for guiding and teaching to be present enough that the outer ear can listen to your your beloved friend Jen your sister Jen while the The whole of you can get into the meditation practice. Mm. It's almost as if I hold the, the human's hand, right. While more parts of the individual or the group can come through and have some peace in their meditation practice. That's, I've never described it that way, but, but that's, what's coming through me as I an answer.
1: That. I <laughs> love, I love that answer. Well, well said very clear. So would you, when you say modalities what would they be if you can like summarize them very um yeah surface i know they're deep yeah Mm -hmm.
0: some modalities would be breath work
1: Mm -hmm. um
0: some modalities would be our relationship to the elements Mm -hmm. and working with you know fire for example or water um there are physical modalities like chanting Uh, Mm -hmm. doing mantra, singing, um, dancing. One of my favorite modalities is walking, Mm -hmm. walking meditation. Um, I love that. Yeah. Music is a wonderful modality for meditation. Yes. Um, Visualizing great one. Visualization is magnificent. We've all got an imagination. We Mm -hmm. all have an imagination. Even if we don't uh, identify as an artist, We've mm-hmm. all got the gift of of artistry and creativity and imagination. Uh, so these are wonderful entryways, if you will, into into meditative practice.
1: Hmm. I Just love some them. Of my favorites. Yeah. Yes. And so this days, how does the like what is your practice? Because I know we're always evolving, and sometimes in different moments of our life, certain techniques, certain tools, certain ways of meditating. Um, resonate with us and then we shift and change. What is it for you right now that um, it's resonating in your practice?
0: Definitely walking meditation is Mm -hmm. a a dear companion. Um, Water. So, and and what I mean by that to be specific is not only drinking water, but also uh, sitting in water, being near water, even a shower is always healing for me. It allows um, time for me to be with myself or with the great self, the, the, the God self. Um, silence. If I'm going to drop into meditation at any given moment, even if there's a lot of ruckus and noise and activity, which there has been a lot in, in these last two months because I've been visiting with family. Mm -hmm. And so very rarely am I having the ability to practice the way that I would at home in Italy. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, you know, where I have my altar and I have my room and uh, (laughs) that's all fine and well. But also there are many times when we are on the road or we are with family or in stimulating or at work or in stimulating circumstances. Okay, so how does how do I meditate in those environments? Because that's what's going on most recently in my life is I do um, how would I describe this? I drop into myself mm-hmm. and I greet the ever loving presence. Mm-hmm.
1: I love that. Beautiful. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I become aware, like we were speaking about previously with mindfulness. I, I first become conscious or mindful that I am here that I'm actually here instead of, again, that ocean analogy of just being the metaphor of just being blown around and, and all this noise and all this activity happening around me, I come back to self. I come Mm -hmm. back to now. Mm -hmm. And that has become a relief because there is peace always present and always available, no matter what's going on. In other words, what's being observed by my senses. Yes. That piece is the inner knower. That piece is, is intuition. It's that inner wisdom that is always tranquil I, and, and at the same time dynamic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. It is vivacious. It is vivacity. It is life itself. And it is Im- Im- unmovable as well. Mm. It is absolute. And it's always present. It is a law unto itself. Yes. And it is always available to me. And I'm grateful, greatly grateful to surrender mm-hmm. to that. So that would be my my current practice is wow. coming to the now, coming to myself. And I don't know if if our listeners are, are not watching, my hand is resting on my chest plate. My hand mm-hmm. is on my heart. Mm-hmm. And so even that act of simply resting your palm, your fingertips, your hand on your chest plate, and and being with your heart is it yes. is an act of grounding yes. which i find always comforting and anchoring
1: yeah and would you be so kind to take us into a little um yeah short meditation or short modality of meditation i would love to thank you
0: i would love to thank you paula
1: mhm
0: So I invite, well, what's coming up for me right now is just a few seconds of breath work. So Mm -hmm. become aware of your breath. And I invite us to do our inhalation without expanding our upper chest to just do what I would call two in breaths. So you're breaking your inhalation into two parts. And so you're gonna breathe in twice and then breathe out once. And as you inhale, breathe in through your nose, those two inhalations. And I'll come closer to the mic. That's. And continue doing that for just a few seconds. You may even enjoy breaking the inhalation into three parts. And you're expanding the belly with those three inhalations or two inhalations, and then compressing the belly with that one long exhalation in through the nose and out through the open mouth, even with a sigh, making sound I find is extremely comforting. And now check in with your physical body and just be sure that you're in a comfortable position your spine is in alignment whether you're lying down or walking or driving a car or seated whether your feet are firmly placed on the ground or you're in a half lotus or a full lotus just be sure that your spine is in alignment and that in and what that means is that your blood and your breath and your energy can all flow undisturbed or unblocked and again let's take in a nice sweet soothing deep breath and this time exhale through the nose and feel the passing of air through your nose and you're allowing your belly and even your chest your lower lungs to expand in the inhalation and as you exhale through the nose noticing how relaxing it is to exhale and once more breathing in and feeling your body expand beyond the body and exhaling, letting relaxation and tranquility sweep over you. And I invite you to become aware of the nature of your mind, whatever that means to you. You could be thinking about your day ahead or of things that have already happened today. And often these are the louder things in our consciousness, in our conscious awareness. And they can cloud our ability to be with ourselves and to hear our intuition. And so I invite you now to imagine that these daily concerns, these past experiences, these stories are just passing by like scenes Out of a a window on a train, a slow moving train, not a quickly moving train. That these concerns and thoughts and stories are simply coming and going. They're just passing through the window of your awareness, and you're not holding on to them. You're aware and you're watching them pass by. And again, Watch the nature of your mind pass as if you're gazing through the window of a slow moving train. And we've all been on a moving vehicle before. We know when our eyeball follows the thing, we can get pretty nauseous. And so I invite you to focus on the window pane, not the images that are passing by. Just observe. And watch your thoughts come and go through your field of vision. And as you do so, notice that you're eliminating these distractions. You're letting them go. And as you do so, bring a call to action of your intuition, call your intuition forward. Begin to focus on your innate intuitive abilities because you've got them, you were born with them. And this is the subtle part of your awareness. It's the part that speaks to you in different ways Sometimes you may feel a hunch or a sense. Maybe you hear words or phrases guiding you to make certain choices. And however you feel your intuition speaks to you, know that it does. And it speaks to you in a language that you can understand. I invite you now to acknowledge that you appreciate Your intuition. And so internally, hear yourself saying, I trust my intuition. I learn about how my intuition speaks to me through silent observation. The more I am willing to quiet my mind and be still, the better my intuitive abilities. My intuition guides me. All I need to do is listen closely, for it is a soft, subtle voice. I respect and I honor my intuition. Mm -hmm. I practice listening to my intuition through meditation. My intuition is one of my greatest gifts. Mm Wonderful. Allow yourself to release. Fall deeply into relaxation. Breathing in. Understanding. And breathing out. Feeling calm and centered. And now you can ask your intuition anything that you desire. Pausing for just a moment and patiently waiting as your intuition guides you towards anything you need to know. Good. Excellent. And whenever you're ready, treat yourself to another sweet, soothing, deep breath in and out. And you can butterfly your eyes gently open.
1: Wow. Well, my intuition said I need to sign up for that January class, that meditation class you're having. Thank you, Jen. That was so good. Oh, your voice, your consciousness i'm like in a trance right now (laughs) thank you this is so good oh i can stay there for a long time but since we have to wrap up um i would love because that actually is what my intuition said like i want to do your january um Training or or class on meditation, would you speak to our listeners about what's coming up this uh, January 8th, February
0: 26th? Thank you, my sister, for the invitation. Yes, I will be relaunching. I say relaunching because this is a course, a series that I created about four years ago. And I do it once a year. So, tis the season. January 8th, it will begin. There are eight classes and it will go until February 26th. So those are Sundays, all Sundays. The series is called Entering Meditation. It's a 90-minute weekly meeting, again on Sundays. It takes place on Zoom. There is a global community of individuals who will gather. I will be back in Europe at that point, And so I'll be meeting you from Italy. Um, and these are these are group meditation uh, sessions they're guided by me and they're a type of introduction or reintroduction depending on where an individual is in their meditation practice to meditation this is uh, a series of entryways into practice and so each week we do anywhere between Three and five guided meditations, often visualizations, very similar to what we just experienced just now in this exercise. I tend to speak more in this series than I do in other courses that I offer because we are, many of us, at the beginning of our practice, and it is helpful to have uh, a guiding presence that speaks. And so there's a learning period or a a lecture, and then there are practices and... uh, There's the invitation for the individuals to continue their practice during the week and to know that, again, we will meet every Sunday for eight weeks and we will nourish what hopefully will become a daily practice in in everyone's lives.
1: Beautiful offering. And at what time are are we meeting on Sundays?
0: This is at 8 a.m. Pacific, 11 a.m. Eastern. That's 5 p.m. Central European time. Mm -hmm. and the course is 88 euro you can access it through my website jennorton.com you can contact me on any of the social networks so we'll leave the links for my profiles here so people can can come and find me and um it is in euro because my my company is in europe uh however it it changes price according to wherever the individual is uh is paying from so (laughs)
1: <laughs> thank you. Thank you for this beautiful offering. I am so inspired to take on, you know, this class. So thank you. Thank you so much for creating it, for offering. And what a great time, the beginning of the year, because we have all these goals and intentions and meditation. It's our greatest ally, when, it, especially when we don't want to continue to honor our intentions because life gets difficult because we get exhausted because we get tired because we forget meditation is a great way to keep bringing ourselves back to our intentions to our goals so it's it's very perfect timing divine timing
0: well said sister thank you i appreciate your support and everyone is invited so please do come you are welcome all yes. of to our listeners. Yes. Yeah.
1: So we'll leave all the um, links so you can contact Jen, that you can uh, sign up for this class. And thank you so much, Jen, for doing this today. It was truly a gift. Um, I feel blessed by, what, by this conversation and by the meditation you just guided us on. Very, very beautiful. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.
0: I thank you, my sister. I love you. I honor you. I'm so grateful for you in my life. Thank you.
1: Yeah. And and we thank all our listeners for uh, listening and for being with us. Like this um, episode. Share with your friends on our social media and comment. And yeah, send us your, your comments. We always love to hear from you.
0: Absolutely. Yes.
1: all right goodbye everyone bye jen
0: bye bye peace to all bye bye this has been a peace teaching thank you for being an active listener in this sacred conversation
1: we love you we appreciate you and we bless your life
0: peace be with you